0: Good morning, family of God. It is once again our honored pleasure to present a word to you that I believe it's of God. And uh, <clears throat> it, uh, my uh, message today is what the Lord w- woke me up with on uh, Wednesday morning, when the righteous rule which of course is found in uh, Proverbs uh, 29, I think it's verse two. We would look into that, and then uh, there's just a few other things, and then we would look at the example of uh, righteous ruling. And uh, those that are politically inclined, please let me take you out of your misery. It's got nothing to do with politics. It's got all to do with you and I. And uh, Please don't switch off because uh, you think uh, there's no scandal here. It is about your interface with your heavenly Father and that which he has placed inside of you, needing, needing that which he has placed inside of you to come to the fore. Because when it comes to the fore, only then God will be glorified. We need to remember that uh, when uh, we got saved, uh, we did not get saved uh, to go to heaven. we got saved uh, to represent God, and the uh, trials and tribulations that we will go through it is God uh, refining us to become the true representative of who He is and uh, or, and, and who He should become, because you must understand that You have to grow in the things of God. You know, when we got saved, we really saw ourselves as uh, the conquerors of the world. But when character is not formed in you, very difficult to absorb all the weight, all the challenges that you will face. And so if you are going through a challenge today, just say, Lord, I want to thank you that in my challenging time, you are busy refining me. And in my refinement, the true image of God will be shaped and formed inside of me. And so, never be too afraid. Never ask God, why me? Because uh, if it's not you, then uh, you will cry when somebody else is saying the things that you know you are supposed to be saying. When you see that person beginning to flow in the things of God, when you believe you should have been in that position. Simply because when, uh, when the Lord placed you on the table as an offering, you decided to get off the table. So, uh, don't ask why. Just say, Lord, help me to learn my lesson so that I can graduate from this class. Because without graduation, without learning a lesson, there is no graduation. Because uh, you see even the schools that are pushing the children uh, to pass when they haven't passed a test, we see how many are failures today. People that had potential. You know, my heart gets very saddened when I see people that have potential. I was thinking of an individual this morning. You know, he's got uh, a stature of a man of uh, great potential. But uh, because he, he has said over and over, no to God, he has amounted to nothing. But when you see him, you can see he is a man that can stand amongst men. But uh, he's got nothing to show for it, simply because he denied God his rightful place. And uh, if you know somebody, don't denounce them as, well, hopeless, useless, never amount to anything, when you see such a person, God is showing you that you need to be praying for such a person. Because uh, when the righteous rule, the people around will rejoice. And, uh, and I, I looked at it uh, as uh, the Lord unfolded this year to me. I began to see that uh, righteous rule is not speaking to politics. Righteous rule is talking to you and I in our own home, in, uh, in the environment in which God has brought us into. And uh, if we do not know how to rule in righteousness in our own atmosphere, in our own home, we cannot rule anybody else's life. If uh, you are a teacher and you cannot teach yourself how to behave in a certain way, You will never be able to groom those children in a way that they should grow up. If you don't see their future as being bettered by your grooming, you know, maybe you've had a bad upbringing and you bring that attitude of your bad upbringing and you install into those children. Those children become a bad reflection of the school that they are in You might think, well, I won't be here. Maybe you're an old person. You say, well, I I won't be here to see that. But it is a bad attitude. Let me just remind you, it is a bad attitude that you need to change. You need to change. And so as we look forward to uh, starting uh, church again on the 4th of October, sorry, I said August the last time, I think. But the 4th of October, we begin church. And now my prayer is that when we do come together on the 4th of October, we come with a renewed zest to serve God. Not coming to church to to be entertained or to entertain. We come to God. We come to worship God. And God can truly uh, repeat uh, Exodus 19 to you and I and say, did you not realize uh, how I carried you as an eagle carries you on its wings out of Egypt, out of lockdown, and I have brought you this far? Do you not think I can take you further? I hope that somebody's been uh, crying to God, and then recognizing that God has actually sustained you. You have not died. Even if you were touched by coronavirus, you did not die. You are still here. That's why you're hearing my voice, because you're still around. Maybe some of you might have lost, but uh, you are still alive. And so as long as you have breath in your body, you are able to rise up and become your best self ever. As I've, I, I must repeat again, uh, the, when we went into lockdown, I clearly hearing in my spirit that you will come out, uh, out of this with substance. Uh, it, it, it didn't point out that you will come out with this and that and that. All he said, you will come out with substance. And substance can mean anything. Anything that you are trusting God for right now, what you've been trusting God for, it's its not a snap of the finger, then it happens. It is how you dress yourself up. It is how you prepare, how you've be, been preparing yourself over the years, the months that we have been locked down, over the years even. How you've been crying to God, Lord, one day I would like certain things to happen in my life. I would like to become a part of the kingdom of God that is moving forward, that is achieving things. As long as you are not waiting for somebody to be doing that, you will succeed. But if you wait, well, I'm waiting for the pastor to say we need to go out and evangelize. If it doesn't say, oh, well, then I would just be like that guy that had one talent only. I would just hide it until one day then uh, you will come for an inspection and I will say, well, my pastor didn't say I must do it, but what you gave me I've kept. Today you can have it back. And God says I'll take it away from you and give it to those that have been doing something with the talent I have placed inside of them. So uh, don't wait for somebody's instructions to become an activist for the kingdom of God. You hear many people becoming activists. you hearing in America, Black Lives Matter. They have gone out into the street. They have destroyed everything that they say they want, the things that they say they lack. We see it all over the world, the people going to destroy things because, I mean, yeah, in our own country, we uh, we destroy libraries, we steal computers because we want computers. We want uh, places of learning. We're going to destroy them. So, Insanity is prevailing everywhere you look. But it's got nothing to do with all that. What you and I are discussing today, it is when the righteous rule. Let's just read it in uh, Proverbs 29. Don't know if I've got it uh, hooked up in my. uh, uh, Listen to the first verse. It says, He that being often Rebuked or reproved or being warned, hardens his heart, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Let those words sink. You have been warned. I think I have been saying this here come back to God. You have hardened your heart. You have said, I have got things all together. No, my friend. You might have things, uh, had things all together yesterday, but today you are not in charge. God is. Fall into his hands and let him sustain you. Let him give you uh, uh, wisdom. Let him give you uh, interventions on how to create Uh, Things that that nobody has created. You know, there's witty inventions. Takes the smallest of things. The things that are around your home. If we can only ask God for wisdom, you will see how prosperous you can become. When God awakens that which he has placed inside of you, nobody can stop you. So verse 1 again, it says, He that being often rebuked, the word is reproved, but it is rebuked, all has been warned, all has been told to change, and it doesn't. Yeah, it says, because you have hardened your neck, in other words, you've become stiff-necked, you have become too important to yourself. You have said, well, Henry doesn't know what he's talking about. Maybe today you need to listen because this is the word of God. It says, You shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. And then, verse 2, it says, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bears rule, the people mourn. You can read also um, Isaiah 10. It will tell you about what happens when you have wickedness in a position of rulership. I don't want to go in into that. Just want to give you that as a side effect. And verse uh, and uh, Psalms thirty-four, verse seventeen and eighteen. Just want to give you some. Uh, I just want to give you some uh, um, scriptures that you can look up for yourself. Verses 17 and 18, Psalms 34. It says, The righteous cry, and the Lord hears, and it delivers them out of all their troubles. Even the righteous, trouble will come to them. But the trouble that comes to the righteous is never for destruction, nor does the trouble come only to those that go out looking for them, for that trouble. But when trouble comes, it gives you a time of reflection. And a time of reflection must not end up with self-blame. It must end up with repentance. God, I think I've had enough of this life of uh, nonsense or playing games like a little child. I have grown up now. I need to change. So when... uh, when you come to that realization, when you would own up, when you would own up, I think uh, it's uh, Psalms 41, where David owns up to all the, the troubles that he caused for himself. There were plenty of troubles that uh, David o- uh, owned up to, and God heeded his cry, and God healed him. And then he was elevated to be a king. And so, had he not repented, I shudder to think what would have happened. The history of Israel would have been altered irrevocably. Even right now, the spirit of David is rising up in, uh, in Israel. There's uh, every challenge that they are facing. They are able to point back and say, we have been here for years. King David established the city of Jerusalem more than 3,200 years ago. And so all this talk about uh, Jerusalem belonging to some other uh, uh, made-up nation just doesn't cut it. You know, uh, Israel are the authentic uh, residents Of uh, Jerusalem. And so, yeah, it says, the righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to them that are of a broken heart and uh, save such as be of a contrite spirit. We need a people that will own up to the wrong that they have got themselves involved in. Most often, we lead ourselves into those things because we think we're too smart. We can do these things without God. We, need, we don't need God to instruct us in a certain way. We already know these things. Some are too educated for themselves, too educated to have time to spend in prayer because they have a, a nice big bank balance. <laughs> they, oh God money flies away very, very quickly. So don't be too comfortable with your money. Be comfortable in God. And he will always make provision for you. Why? Because God sincerely loves you. And so, as I say, my uh, message this morning is, when the righteous rule. And I had to look for an example just to help us uh, that, you know, it's not just words when the righteous rule because it is easy to look at the governments of the world because every country right now has got its own problems that they need to be uh, unravel and need to come out with some sort of semblance of truth because sadly, you know, news before it was news that reported the events... Now there's no more news. It is a, somebody's opinion. And it depends which side of the scale are you. Are you for Babylon or you are of the kingdom of God? You, listen, you need to listen to the news, especially CNN. You listen to them. You know that it is the spirit of Babylon. They will uh, promote things that are so far removed from godliness. And they will tell you, oh, we pray. Hmm. listen to a man of prayer. Listen to a man of prayer. Let's go to Daniel chapter 1. I think all of us know the story of Daniel. We know that they were, the whole people of Israel were carried over to, to Babylon. Babylon. Because of their conduct, God allowed them to be carried away. He removed them from his land. He said, you have polluted my environment, so I'll get you out of here. And so he did. You can read the whole scenario, even in Jeremiah, how he cried for the people of Israel, saying, repent, repent. I mean, the whole thing is about turn back to God and they refused. And so, finally, they had to be taken out. But out of that lot, there was this young man, Daniel, who decided, you know, I might be invited to the king's table, because we know that uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, he put out his uh, henchmen out there. He says, I want you to find the wisest of the Hebrew children. I want you to... Uh, bring them into a place where we can indoctrinate them with our way of doing things, indoctrinate them um, to believe our way, take them out of believing uh, in the God who made heaven and earth, let them uh, believe in our uh, idle chit-chat. And Daniel, and of course the table that will be set up, It will be a table of splendor. Everything was available. They would uh, dine, uh, what they said, they were wined and dined in a most opulent um, style. And Daniel decided, no, I'm not going to be one of those. I can be because I know that I'm here on a mission. You see, a man of prayer, he knows when he's on God's mission. He knows that I am here, it is a bad place, it is a wrong place, but I am here nonetheless. I will then uh, keep my integrity before God. I will uh, rule my life. Uh, We are not told about his family. Was he too young to have a a wife? I think so, because uh, they call him a young man. And uh, and then, of course, he he would uh, invite... uh, the friends that he, he, he was with, that was uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and uh, Azariah, which we would later popularly known as uh, Mishak, um, Abednego, and uh, Mishak. Anyway, <laughs> I just can't recall the other guy. But uh, nonetheless, their real names is Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Azariah, I know it was Abednego. And uh, he, he, he represented them. He invited them. And he said, guys, we are going to go to the chief eunuch and say to him, spare us from this because this does not go well with us. We are uh, in this place that uh, we need to keep ourselves safe. And uh, we are going to abide by what has been cultured in us. You know, when you are a man or a woman of prayer... There are things that are cultured inside of you. And so when the Spirit comes to violate that, you rise up in a holy anger, that righteous anger where you, you know. And the important thing is that when you speak, there is authority in your words. Even though this, uh, the chief eunuch would say to them, you know, I am afraid of the king because I don't want to violate his law. I don't want to violate his instruction but he had to give heed to what Daniel had said to him. Daniel said to him, just give us a simple 10 days. If we look worse than those that are dining at your table, then we will concede and then come to your side. Why? Because we would then say our God has failed. You see, when you have an assurance that your God rules and reigns over everything, you are not afraid to put out a challenge like that. Just like Elijah, was able to say to the to the uh, the prophets of Baal, you need to go and set up your fire. You need to pour water in, in, uh, well, in his uh, uh, sacrifice and see whose God is going to light up that fire and cause the consumption of that uh, beast that uh, lies in that trench. You see, when you are a person of prayer, you are not afraid to issue a challenge. Daniel here says, uh, give us, 10 days, and we will prove to you that that which our God is able to do in us, it will become visible. It's not something that is going to be hid, that we are going to call on God and say, oh God, show up right now. Eh, No, 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 no. It is knowing that your God is able to answer. And then, because you have built up a bank balance that is not in, uh, in, uh, in debt. You always have credit on your bank balance. And so you are never short in your prayer time. So uh, I, I know that uh, this portion, where uh, Daniel said, you, you know, you guys need to just give us, uh, we will have pulse. We have said that is a, a Daniel fast. But it's not a Daniel fast. It is a Daniel diet that's what he lived on. He didn't just go on a fast for that time. He continued to eat in, the, in that fashion. That was his diet. Not his... Uh, uh, not his uh, um, when he was on a fast, then, they, then he, he ate... Uh, it's, uh, it's actually beans, uh, lentils, and uh, all the uh, legumes uh, stuff. Peas and uh, things like that. That's what he lived on. But it was simply, it was to make a distinction between what the the king of Babylon was offering to nourish them, to cause them to forget where they come from, to forget their culture in God, how to, there were things that uh, it was non-kosher to them, they would not partake of it. But uh, they had a diet that they, they say we will feed on this diet. I wonder what is your diet before you eat? Is it prayer before you sleep? Is it prayer when you awaken in the morning? Is it greeting the Lord in the morning? Or it is your diet is to complain about the day. Complain about what you experience at work. Complain about uh, why you are overloaded with work while others are having a good time. I don't know what is your diet. But God is calling calling his church to a position of change. He's calling his church where it knows how to represent him, how to stand, even... In a place that uh, to the eye, it is a wrong place. But how to stand, head above shoulders, not because you are taller than them, but because of the aura around you. When you know how to present your God, you will never be short of that. And so Daniel, he stands in this position, and he says in verse 12, he says, Prove your servants, I beseech you. Ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and only water to drink. Then let our countenance be looked upon before you, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat, and, uh, and as you see it, deal with us. I'm telling you, it sounds like, uh, it's just... Uh, but listen, it came from a heart of conviction. It wasn't just word. It was uh, sending out a message of saying, this is who we are. We will not compromise on the word of God. But you can count on us on everything that we say. We know our God will prove. Oh, my Lord and my God. Our God is able to prove this here. He is able to bring us even out of the fiery furnace. You know, I I love how uh, the king then has a dream. Man of integrity. When the righteous rule, Daniel shows us that it is not at a critical moment that then you can say, well, I am a righteous man, I can rule righteously. You need to read uh, uh, Daniel chapter 2, how Daniel deals with this here. Of course, he calls uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, he called all his magicians, all those that were supposed to be prophets in his kingdom, he says, well, come and interpret my dream. That dream was so huge in Daniel's life that he really, really, um, not in Daniel, in Nebuchadnezzar, that he got so afraid that he forgot what it was all about. But it shook his very core. It shook him to the uh, very core of his life. He knew that uh, things were about to change, and change dramatically. And he knew that uh, uh, I need an explanation. He could not just say, well, things will will work out. It doesn't matter where I'm at right now. But uh, he needed something to happen. And he calls his magicians. You know that the magicians all failed. And then he gives an order that all of them need to be killed. Because they pleaded with him. They said, no, king, you know, you have to tell us. Mangamangas, they needed a line that they needed to tag along with. But he said, no, I've forgotten the thing. But you need to tell me what it was, and then tell me the interpretation of the same, what it was all about. And then, of course, they couldn't. They said, you know, there is nobody alive that can... uh, uh, tell you what you dreamed about. I mean, it sounds ridiculous. Tell us your dream and then we'll interpret. And he says, no, you tell me what my dream was and then tell me what the answer to the dream was. He knew that there was authority that spoke over his life, over his kingdom, over all the things that he was given charge over. And he knew that things were about to change. And so they couldn't. And so he decided, okay, that all of them needs to be killed. He gave an order, he says, go out and kill them all. And then, of course, with uh, Daniel, them their lives was also in danger. And so, as uh, I think, is it Arioch, he was uh, going out there now to go and uh, round them up and say, okay, it is time for, to slaughter all you liars. <clears throat> you all haven't prayed. Your God is not able to speak to you all. The king is in need of you and you can't answer him. Death was pronounced on them. Verse 15 of chapter 2. He answered and he said to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is a decree in such haste? That's Daniel answering uh, from the king. Then Arioch made the thing known to Daniel. See, Daniel didn't even know what was going on. So he had no time of preparation. It's just when he knew that their lives also were in danger, that he says, now, why suddenly everybody, all the the prophets have got to be killed? Why? And so they explained to him, this is what happened. The king had this awesome dream, and somehow he's shaken to his bones, and he doesn't know which way to go. And worse of all, he doesn't even know what he dreamt about. He can't explain what he dreamt about. And then, verse 17, you see, a man of prayer. He went and he rounded up the like-minded people. Verse 17, then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Nazariah, his companions, that they should desire mercies of God of heaven concerning the secret that Daniel and his fellows shall not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon then was a secret revealed to Daniel you see it, it, Daniel was not a, a man of God a woman of God they don't seek the center stage They go to like-minded people and say, I need your help. We need to seek God on this matter. There is a, a spirit that has risen in the kingdom and our lives are in danger. And I know it is not God's plan for us to perish right now. I know that when they were in the fiery place, their stance was, if we perish, we perish. But we will not uh, drop what God has placed inside of us. But we know that even if we perish, our God is still able to do a miracle in our lives. And so it, it should be the stance of a prayer person because by the time, by now, you should know But God has not set you up to fail by tomorrow, that you still got time upon the earth. And while you got time upon the earth, you want to leave a footprint. You want uh, your life to count to those that come after you. Of course, uh, then uh, Daniel, he seeks God, and God uh, uh, gives him an understanding. But uh, uh, first of all, he goes to the king, and he says, you know, this was an awesome uh, uh, encounter that you had with God. But uh, before I answer you, just give me time. Let us go and have a chat with my God. I mean, you, you can read the whole account. I, I really don't have time. I think I've got another eight more minutes to go. But uh, you need to uh, learn how to uh, prepare your storehouse, that you need to bring yourself to the position that you say, I am going to rule all things in righteousness. Because uh, when you rule in righteousness, the benefits are felt by people that are around you. You look at the life of Joseph. Joseph uh, had a dream, had an encounter with God, and uh, he had the love of his father. He was a delightsome young man. And he uh, ruled his life with righteousness. He kept his integrity at every time he was tested. He never lost his cool. Why? He knew he was who he was. He knew that he was a man of destiny. Daniel knew he was a man of destiny. He had to keep his position. Church, I beg you. Know your status in God. Your status in God is that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And when you have life in abundance, you need to know how to make people around you benefit. I'm not, don't, not touching your money. I'm not talking about go and handing out money. I'm talking about making your life so attractive that even your haters can come and beg from your table. Come and say, you know, I don't understand how can in the time of lockdown, how can you be prospering? I'm not talking about those that that have connived and robbed and stolen. I'm talking about godly people that, yes, have found opportunities and made them to work. But if those opportunities died with lockdown, then it was not an opportunity that God presented to you. If it is an opportunity that God presented to you, you would prosper even in the time of after lockdown. Praise God. We are able to, to uh, maintain what God has placed into our hands but not only maintain it but cause it to grow and begin to prosper because I will say it again and again and again and again until the last breath in my body. Poverty does not put God in a go- spotlight. In a good spotlight. I know that poverty does not honor God. It doesn't feel comfortable. I have been there. I know what it does to your self-esteem. I know what it does. And so don't tell me I have to be as poor as a church mouse so that I can serve God better. That is a lie from the devil. And you need to kill it right now sickness in your body is not supposed to be there. Start ruling your life with integrity and God is able to wipe that rubbish out of your body. Don't say God has placed whatever sickness upon your body so that he can teach you a lesson. That lesson has got its period and it needs to expire and you need to call it for what it is. That now Lord I have come into a position where I can now demand that that my body needs to begin to flow in the way that you have created to be. I need to call even the words that I have spoken that have begun to work against my life, have begun to sabotage even my own body. I couldn't care what sickness sickness it is. Uh, You know, as you grow older like us, I suppose, you begin to feel this and you imagine, oh, could it be that? Oh, could it be that? And I had to stand in front of the mirror the other day and I said, no, not in my body. Not in this body. Oh, no devil, you're not going to come and plant any of your rubbish in this body. I said, Lord, if it is something that I am eating, I'm not supposed to be eating, then help me and give me wisdom not to use that substance. You know, sometimes I have a little bit of too much sweets. Not that I have a lot, but I know my limit, how many sweets I can have. Maybe if I have a a sweet in a week, it's fine. It goes well. But have another one the next day, then my head begins to explode. I know that I'm not supposed to do it. I have a cup of uh, coffee or Milo sometimes. But I know when I should have it and when I shouldn't have it. My body tells me, oh yes, I drink a whole lot of water because I know my body needs that. But I won't sit down with a cup of tea and really just nurse the thing. I I know there were days when I did that. But there came a time when I knew my body said, you don't need to drink tea, especially that twinkle. I don't know. It just rebelled against me. Was my body rebelling against, I don't know. But I had to stop. Learn to have wisdom when a thing doesn't work for you. Leave it alone, walk on. There are plenty of things to do. Walk on, walk on. Just learn how to trust God. Learn how to trust God. Uh, Daniel stayed away from the king's delicacies. Uh, he chose to be pure before his God. Rather than partaking of the king's table to defile himself. There are things, there are many things that defile ourselves. Like sitting in wrong conversation. Listening to uh, bad movies. Because somewhere at an inopportune time, you will hear yourself repeating the profanity that is on those television programs. You can hear people that live on television. Oh, yes, there was a time when I lived on the news. But now, I've realized that they are a bunch of liars. They have a narrative that they want to sway us away from anything that is of God. I mean, right now, there's, uh, they are busy with uh, uh, conniving. They want to change the seasons. They want to change the calendar because it is named after Western they want to, in South Africa that is, they want to name it after the African uh, uh, whatever, some strange thing this woman was talking about, very strange, very strange thing she was talking about. And somebody said, oh, oh yeah. So. You mean, then, uh, if uh, uh, you said uh, when uh, the, uh, the months were named, they were named after the seasons, and so if they are named after the seasons, then it means, he uh, said he was in Canada, in Canada, when you said in South Africa it is a windy month, is it Ubu? In Canada it's winter? How do you marry those two? So now we're gonna have months that are different to the whole world because we want to Africanize things. And so we can get ourselves occupied with all these things here. And I'm thinking to myself, you don't get yourself involved in this. Stay on the course of what God has called you to do. And the cause that God has called you to do, it's to encourage his people to come back to God. Because when we come back to God, those things would lose their meaning, would lose their value. You see, people that don't know how to chart the course forward, they will always be going to dead works and trying to make issues about things that have no relevance in building tomorrow. You are as good as you decide to be good. You are as efficient as you allow yourself to be efficient. You are as deficient as you allow yourself to be defined as deficient. You are as complete as you accept that what God made when he looked at you when he looked at you he said i see perfection how is that he sees perfection because he says when i look at you i see myself in you because he made you in his image he made you in his likeness it god did not create anything that is imperfect you don't represent a god that is imperfect I know some people will push an agenda that says God is imperfect, so we're going to help him. And all those things have just simply brought confusion. There are those that uh, say God didn't, uh, uh, didn't know how to create. No. <laughs> Let me not go there because it's just going to mess up my message today. But God created you perfect. 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 Accept yourself as perfect and then move towards perfection. As long as you see imperfection, you will always hide from God. You will always hide from God. You will always agree with those that say you are deficient. But the day you find yourself perfectly positioned before God, you will realize that you are perfect. Because you are. Because God created you in His own image, in His own likeness. Amen. I think I I want to end there today. That you are perfect. You are special. You are worthy to carry the spirit of the living God to the uttermost parts of the earth. I don't know who I'm speaking to right now. But you have denied yourself for far too long. And God is saying, draw the line today. Couldn't care what people say, man. Care what God says about you. And half the time, It's not what people say. It's what you've been saying about yourself. It's time to change. The time is now. The time is now. When we reconvene on the 4th of October, I would that all of us come here with a prayer in our hearts of rededication back to God. Not love service. I'm saying start praying now. And say, I will come amongst the brethren. And make my own confession before God. You don't have to come audibly. But you can speak in private with your God. In the congregation of believers. If you need to uh, say anything uh, to that, to the open uh, gathering, so be it. But time for change is now. Don't delay. Don't delay. Start preparing yourself for the 4th of October. We need to have a glorious time of reunion, glorious time before God. Let God reshape us and form us into that image, that substance that He says He wants us to now to begin to represent. Amen? And so, with that, we're going to partake of the Lord's table. I know I'm a little bit out of uh, time, but uh, take your communion. And uh, let us seal today's word that it becomes beneficial to our growth and our trajectory into our tomorrow. May the Lord bless these emblems as we partake them with graciousness upon our heart and uh, with uh, the spirit of the living God percolating inside of our spirit and saying, Lord, prepare us for tomorrow. Prepare us as your vessels of honor that we will represent you and represent you well. We cannot do it on our own strength. We cannot do it on our own wisdom. We need the wisdom of God. I hope um, Proverbs chapter 8 done you and stood you in good stead that you will go back, uh, back again and again and really go and study it And I think it was verse 11 that says when we come before God, he will give us witty inventions. In other words, he will teach you things that are so common, that are so neglected, that you will come out with that and make big bucks out of it. Hey, God bless you as you partake of the Lord's table today. In Jesus' name. All right, the Lord bless you and keep you safe until we meet again next week. Two more weeks and then we'll be face to face. God bless you. Amen.